0: Greening with Mike Greenberg, the podcast
1: presented by Progressive Insurance. Busiest football Friday of the year. Deshaun Watson. We're waiting. Devonte Adams. We're stunned. Baker Mayfield. We're shaking our head. There's so much going on. And oh, by the way, Matt Ryan may wind up on a new team by the end of today or sometime very soon. Just a completely crazy football day. And there is plenty to get to. I just want to make one very quick note. We talked about St. Peter's beating Kentucky yesterday, and then to my astonishment, we find out that the mascot of St. Peter's are called the peacocks. We then subsequently found out that you can buy a peacock for thirty-five dollars. <laughs> I guessed four thousand. <laughs> uh, but, but I mean, are, are you at all taken aback by the fact that you could buy a peacock for thirty-five dollars? A little bit, but I suppose it's probably based upon the quality or how beautiful it is. St. Peter's, St. Peter is a saint, obviously, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a but, but is, why
2: would you name your team the Peacock? I don't know. It's the only Division I team. I looked through all the mascots. They're the only Peacock in Division One. <laughs> How
1: seriously are you taking your
2: athletic program if your name is the Peacock? It's very difficult for me to do so. You like can't, you can't, you can't, I can't say it. It, it reads fine. It's... It's not said
1: fine. And that's not well said. No. no it's very tough on the announcers. Yeah. Got to be very tough to I, do the play-by-play. I, again,
2: if it were any other saint, it might be a little bit easier to swallow.
1: But they're losing their minds in Jersey City this morning after St. Peter's knocks off Kentucky. All right, but we will circle back to the NFL. So if you're just joining us... I, Here's the problem. We got these two. We got two hours. You need to listen to the whole two hours because we haven't even gotten to Baker Mayfield. So I want to get there. So we've talked about Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. We've talked about uh, Matt Ryan and Deshaun Watson. We've not even gotten to Baker Mayfield. So let me ask you a question. We always talk about the winners in sports. Let's talk about the losers in this scenario And in all the craziness that has happened in this general offseason, there have been some big winners. Russell Wilson, huge winner, right? He got exactly what he wanted. He wanted out of Seattle. He basically got to handpick where he wanted to go. Awesome. Give
2: me another couple of big winners. Aaron Rodgers got the contract he wanted and the power he wanted, right?
1: But there's a part of me that feels like his reputation has taken a hit, right? Like his – do you think people still view him the way – look – it's funny because we live in the moment all the time. So in the moment in time in which there was the whole not vaccinated, people lose their minds, like there was this narrative, he'll never win MVP now because people won't vote for him. And then sure enough, the world voted for him because we make everything into the biggest thing that's ever happened. But I do believe Devonte Adams choosing for the same amount of money. To go play with Derek Carr in Las Vegas, rather than continuing to play with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, choosing an impossible division over the worst division maybe in the entire NFL, that's a startling choice. And I think it speaks volumes. I I, I think Rodgers, look, he got $150 million. So – You can't be the loser in any scenario when you just became the highest paid player ever. But
2: I I do think he loses a little in this. So do I. And the overwhelming narrative, and I think an accurate one, is that Aaron Rodgers has so prioritized himself, and I think in some sense at least comes across as very selfish, it's very difficult for me to to look at what uh, Devontae Adams chose to do and not believe that he at least in some way feels the same way as a lot of us do. He. He's played with Aaron Rodgers his entire career. He's electing to go play elsewhere. And Aaron Rodgers has drugged that organization through all sorts of stuff over the last year. And Devontae Adams probably feels like he was a casualty of that, both financially and probably personally.
1: But the person who has lost the most, I think, reputationally and more importantly, professionally, is Baker Mayfield. And look, I don't know Baker at all. And I'm not one of the chorus of Baker bashers. I I have been, generally speaking, at least by the standards of, I think, most national media. I've been a Baker supporter because there's something about him I kind of like. But Kimberly Martin said it really well on the TV show this morning. Oftentimes, the thing that you like about someone is also the thing that will make you want to wring their neck. And he's handling this situation just terribly. And here's what I will say. All smart people. There was a moment in time in my life when, when uh, professionally speaking, I'm talking about now, things were not going so well. I'm not going to rehash what it was, but there was a moment in time when things were not going so well, and I called up one of the smartest people that I know, which was my agent at the time, Nick Kahn, and I was asking for his advice. And he said to me, "When things are going badly, really smart people start by looking in the mirror. Start by asking the question." What have I gotten wrong here? And when all you do when things go bad is figure out how everyone else has done you wrong, you're the problem. Mm. And so while I do not believe Baker Mayfield has been as bad as it is being painted in some cases, while I do think his biggest problem this year was his injury much more than anything else, it is also worthy of reminding everyone and maybe him he's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not one of these outstanding quarterbacks that the world is clamoring for, even though you were the Heisman Trophy winner and you were the first pick in the draft and Progressive Insurance decided because they're based in Cleveland and you were coming to Cleveland to build this enormous advertising campaign around you. And you know what? God bless them and him. It's gone well. He's good. He's very good in the commercials. The problem is he hasn't been that good on the field. He's been good. You and I have pointed out in essays on TV. He's been better than I think most people generally give him credit for. But not only is he not Patrick Mahomes, he's not Matt Ryan. And the person who doesn't get that is him. Mm. And when Odell Beckham's dad is posting stuff about you and the team is not fully supporting you in the way you feel like you need and everything else is going on, One of the questions you have to ask is, what part of this did I get wrong? What part of this is my fault? What part of this is on me to change? Not, I'm going to post a bunch of passive-aggressive, whiny complaints. No one wants to hear that. You're a millionaire. The world is not going to feel sorry for you. The world is going to see this for what it is. A golden opportunity that to at least some degree, you have not held up your end of the bargain and you need to get this right. And I hope someone close to him is saying this to him because Baker Mayfield doesn't need advice from me, but someone who he listens to, I don't know who that is. I I, I barely know the guy. And again, for whatever it's worth, I kind of like Baker Mayfield, but that's neither here nor there. Whoever it is in his life he listens to needs to say that to him exactly exactly. Dude, part of this is you. Like, yeah, this was unfair, that was unfair, they're not getting this right, this, all of that, all of that. Should Odell's dad have done what he did? No, of course not. But part of it is you. Part of it. And until you accept that, it's sort of like, what is the... The expression, the first step of solving a problem is acknowledging the problem. Well, I'm going to refine that to the first step of solving your own problem is acknowledging that you are part of it. Mm. And that's what I feel like he's not doing. So is it salvageable? Hell yes. Maybe in Cleveland, maybe not. But he's, how old is he, 27, 20? He he was not a young rookie, but he he is not old. He's certainly not 30, right? So there's plenty of time. And plenty of opportunity. And for at least one more year, he's a bargain by NFL quarterback standards. Someone's going to give him a chance to be quarterback this year. He can solve all of this by playing great. Show up, be wherever it is. Be a leader, however it is you think you define that. Try and imagine what other people think a leader is and try and do that. But more importantly, play great. How old is he? Uh, 26. So he's, he's, a, he's young. He's got all the time in the world to solve this. But that's how I see the Baker Mayfield of it all. What do you think?
2: Yeah, the, the measure of a quarterback is is not how you perform when things are orderly. Anyone can do that. Your measure, you're measured as a quarterback for how you perform when things are chaotic. And I'm not sure that when things have been chaotic in Cleveland, Baker has represented himself well at all. Like We heard the reporting from you know Mort a few days ago. When, in effect, he said, yeah, the Browns want a quarterback who's an adult in the room. And for Baker, what, what he should not want to do is change rooms. What he should want to do is become an adult. That's how I sort of read what Mort had to say.
1: Yeah, no look, we live in a transfer portal world, <laughs> So, and, and I'm all for it. Now, people will complain about the transfer portal. Tom Izzo hates it because the message that you send to young people is when the going gets tough, quit, leave, go somewhere else. And I think that there's a, there is some truth to that, to that being a concern. But there's a fine line between that and not giving people opportunity. And the best example of that is Joe Burrow. If there was no transfer portal, Joe Burrow right now might be an accountant or whatever it is he majored in. I don't know. Instead, he was, was the first pick in the draft and, and now trending towards being an all-time great quarterback. So people should have the opportunity to change their situations when they feel it's in their best interest. But at the same time, You also need to look yourself in the mirror and say, I need to do things differently. And I hope that he does. All right, coming up, everyone seems quite upset about one huge signing that we haven't even gotten to yet. We will tell you what that is next and tell you why as we roll on. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
3: Types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to slash greenberg and use code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. That's PrizePicks.com/Greenberg. Code Greenberg for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy.
1: ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply all right Greeny, with you presented by progressive insurance we come to you live from above the heineken river deck at pier 17 as we continue to roll along and uh, we will have Bubba's Who You Got coming up in just a few minutes. Again, football clearly taking center stage today. We remain shocked by the departure of Devonte Adams and the ripple effect that that creates. Let, let's very quickly actually focus on that for a minute. Because you, Hembo, were the one who was defending this trade. And I, I appreciated your stick-to-itiveness, even if I, you didn't convince me you were right. So as of right so yesterday morning where would you have put the Green Bay Packers in the pecking order of the of the teams in the NFC that you would give the best chance to go to the Super Bowl? Uh,
2: I would probably would say second. Second second or third. Behind Behind Tampa.
1: And then the Rams third? Yes. Where do you put them now?
2: Third. The, I mean, when you lose a player this good, when you're dealing in the margins and you're dealing with a chance of, you know, a fairly small insignificant chance of something like winning the Super Bowl, you could argue that now they have the third best chance, but it's not a considerable difference.
1: That's remarkable to me that it's not a considerable difference or that you think it's not a considerable difference because well, look. I guess the, the 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 contrary argument to that is they didn't win it with him, so they could just as easily not win it without him. But I, I think it greatly diminishes their chances. And then there's Matt Ryan, and we'll see where he winds up going, and Deshaun Sean Watson, and we'll see where he winds up going at Baker Mayfield, and does he get himself out of Cleveland? All of that is out there. But there's this one deal that everyone seems to be, from what I can tell, very upset about, and we need to get to that. I'm ready to go right now.
3: Green, light Green light with Greeny. Yeah.
1: And for that, I'm going to give Hembo a very quick green light for some baseball in the middle of all this football conversation. The reaction that I saw on social media to the news yesterday of Freddie Freeman getting his contract in L.A. to go play for the Dodgers was stunningly negative. Mm -hmm. Like it's I I get it. Sometimes the, the fans of the teams that were hoping to get him will will react adversely when a deal like this is announced. But in this case, it just seemed to be universally a case of universal dismay. How do we explain that?
2: <laughs> well, I think, I think the reason why that was the case is because, as we learned, Freddie Freeman is as beloved uh, an active baseball player as there is in the sport. I mean, he is a franchise icon, an institution in Atlanta. And as it turns out, the last memory we'll have of him in a Braves uniform is catching the 6-3 put-out at first base to win- to clinch the World Series, his arms outstretched, and, you know, onto the dog pile. That was his last play as a Brave. The reason this was sort of decried around the, the game is that the Dodgers, in air quotes only, gave him six years and $162 million, which is a contract that we all would have assumed the Braves would have been more than willing to match. But in fact, the Braves, a couple days before, Traded for a first baseman from the A's and immediately gave him a contract worth $168 million. So the the Braves in advance said, we don't want you anymore. We're going to take this new kid, this young kid, and you can walk. That's one side of it. And the second is both the Yankees and the Red Sox, both of their fan base desperately wanted Freddie Freeman. And again, that contract was in no way unreasonable.
1: So I just did some math at six years at 142, excuse me, at 162 is $27 million a year. It's a nice round figure. How is that? How would you describe that compensation for Freddie Freeman for six years at this stage of his career? You're describing that as a bargain?
2: Based upon what we expected. Now, Freddie, like- First baseman usually don't age that well, but he's coming off of one of his best seasons. He is as consistent and durable a player as there could possibly be. And you put him on the Dodgers with Trey Turner and Mookie Betts atop that lineup. That is as good a one, two, three punch as we have seen in baseball for a long time. And based upon his track record, six for 162 is very reasonable. It's like, like not half what Albert Pujols got years ago, but like, a lot less than what he got. So that, that was really the surprise, Greeny, is that how how in the world would the Braves not bring back a franchise icon for what would be described as sort of a discount at $160 million?
1: No, I'm thinking back. I was hosting talk shows that off season when the Yankees signed CeCe Sabathia, um, A.J. Burnett, and Mark Teixeira. Mm-hmm. They were the three big free agents. They all signed with the Yankees. And there was massive dismay across the sport this is the ruination of baseball their money is just destroying everything and they did win the world series that year but have not again since so I feel like there was a little bit of that in some of the reaction that I saw to this as well that the Dodgers have sort of become the evil empire of the sport now is that an accurate representation of where of the role they currently occupy in baseball
2: yes the Dodgers spend um I guess as irresponsibly as any team in the sport, they have taken over that mantle. But what it seems to me, Greeny, is there's not the kind of hatred or vitriol directed at the Dodgers as was the Yankees years ago. In fact, now all the Yankees and Red Sox fans that I talk to want them to start spending irresponsibly again because that is an advantage that they have that they're not maximizing.
1: No, I understand that. I didn't mean from Yankee fans. I mean from Mm -hmm. sports fans the other fans of baseball the fans living in places like milwaukee and st louis and kansas city and all the other places that aren't that don't have the same wherewithal financially mm-hmm. to compete for someone like that the fact that that the dodgers are spending all this money
2: i feel like those are the people who are upset it's about it's not it. sticking to them it just is I, i'm surprised too it's not the dodgers are not an unlikable team i, I don't know anybody that views what they're doing the way that we viewed what the Yankees did years ago as, you know, the sort of the conception of the the evil empire. That's not the way that I see it at all. I don't exactly know why. Maybe it's the characters are more likable. Like Freddie Freeman is as likable a figure as is in baseball. I'm not getting the sense that they're they're sort of getting that same perception.
1: Okay, we'll see. And what does this make them as of this moment as these rosters get filled out and We start working our way towards spring training games. What does this make the Dodgers in the National League?
2: The Dodgers are the best team in baseball. The Dodgers right now have about as good a roster as you could... Possibly imagine. I mean, this is a team that I mean, they didn't even win their own division last year, right? But they have, like I just described, the best one-two-three punch in baseball, and as long as I can possibly remember, an absolutely loaded pitching staff. They're bringing back Clayton Kershaw. That's the team to beat in the National League, and I think there's a really good chance we see the Braves and the Dodgers in the NLCS for the third straight year.
1: All right, Greeny, reminding you, you should try the forty-five dollars silver unlimited plan from Straight Talk Wireless with nationwide five G on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. See terms and conditions at. Greattalk.com, 5G-capable device required, actual availability coverage, and speed may vary. Meanwhile, the scoop. Oh, by the way, Steph Curry's probably out for the year. Steph Curry, probably out for the year. Sprained left foot after being rolled up on or into by Marcus Smart the other night. He has a sprained left foot, according to Woj and Ramona. He is expected to be back in time for the start of the Western Conference playoffs but will undergo further evaluation with specialists. He suffered the injury in a, quote, collision. The other night an MRI revealed the foot sprain. There's no structural damage. He's believed to have avoided serious injury. I don't know. A month seems pretty serious to me, and he's not available till the playoffs start? You know, they may be looking. Let's say Golden State, let's say this costs them the two seed. I haven't looked at the standings this morning. They were tied with Memphis when I was on the air Wednesday night. Where are they now relative to Memphis?
2: They're the three. They're one game back of Memphis. One game
1: back of Memphis.
2: I pasted pasted the standings Mm -hmm. here on the page because they are, beneath the story, they are in, I guess you could argue, in peril of potentially slipping even more if things go really bad the next month.
1: Okay, so they probably won't. But let me make one thing perfectly clear. If everything were to stay the way it is right now, the three seed would have to play Denver in the first round of the playoffs, if you're not paying attention, the Nuggets are really good, and they're getting healthy. I am talking about the possibility of getting Porter and Murray back. That could happen. If anyone tells you the Nuggets can't make a deep run in, in the NBA's Western Conference playoffs, including going all the way to the finals, they're wrong. Mm. They could. I'm telling you, you don't want any part of that. So I thought that beating out Memphis or let me put it this way, the battle for two, Phoenix is going to be the one seed. That's it. The battle for two is critically important because if you're three, you're either going to get Dallas or Denver. And right now, the way Dallas is playing, the way Luca is playing and then the way Denver is playing. Imagine the, the alternative to that. You might get the Lakers. They're the worst team ever if you're the two. If LeBron somehow finds a way to get them out of the play-in, that would be the easiest series of all time. The Lakers stink on ice, and they've quit completely. So that would be an easy first round. You want that two seed so badly in the West as opposed to the East where the two seed might mean the Nets. Like being the two in the, in the Eastern Conference is, is, might be a bad thing. You might rather be three, but in the West, you desperately want to be two. So if this injury to Steph costs them that, I think it's a very big deal.
0: Greeny, the podcast.
1: Greening on ESPN Radio. We'll do Who You Got? Coming up with Bubba in just a couple of quick minutes here. But right now, we have asked Bubba to pick out a soundbite for us, just anything he likes, and we will react to it. And I can see on my screen what it is, so I'm going to take you right to it. Carson Wentz, your favorite player, Hembo. Now the quarterback of the Washington Commanders, asked in a press conference yesterday, and I believe you will hear the question, why he's not at in Indianapolis anymore.
3: From your perspective, what do you think happened In in Indy, why? I mean, why are you not still in Indy? I guess would be the
0: simple question. It's a great question. It's a great question and completely fair question. And uh, sometimes I wonder the same. Um, To be honest, I I think you know, I think it was a year that had
1: highs and lows, uh, ups and downs. The 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 way we finished, the way I finished, was was poor. Was poor. And I think that um, definitely. Uh, it was tough to swallow um, and tough to finish like that, especially when we, we thought we had a chance um, to really do something special and make a run, and uh, we just kind of collapsed, and I didn't play good enough, uh, well enough at the end there. Um, and so, you know, things happen. I always believe things happen for a reason, and so, uh, you know, you, you get an opportunity. Still got an opportunity to, to come out and prove myself and play the game that I love, um, and I look forward to doing that. All right, so that's Carson Wentz, Hembo, as a as an Eagles Devotee and not the biggest fan of Carson Wentz, to say the least. What do you think
2: of that? I mean, it is. The Carson Wentz experience in Indianapolis is, is truly one of the remarkable things I've ever seen. I mean, for him to go there and in one year burn down the castle is truly remarkable. Uh, I, I, I suppose I'm happy for him that he's going to get the chance to get a, get a third opportunity in, in Washington, who obviously desperately need a quarterback. Uh, I don't expect him to be successful there because Carson Wentz is broken and has been broken, in my judgment at least, for two years now. But when you read the reporting coming out of Indianapolis from his one season there, the fact that Frank Reich, his guy, had to personally call Jim Irsay to apologize vouching for him, the fact that he has, in effect, publicly had to apologize to Colts fans for bringing in Carson Wentz, the fact that they were willing to move on from him without having a replacement is stunning. You, you, you see general managers across football be willing to be fired for their convictions. And Chris Ballard moved on from Carson Wentz in, in, after one season. I've, I've never quite seen anything like it or, or so drastic uh, of that kind, the way that it went down in Indianapolis. And for my money, he's sort of on his last legs here. I, I'm, I'm sort of hoping for Ron Rivera's sake, that he can rehabilitate himself a little bit, but I'm not counting on it. Who would you rather have as your quarterback next year, Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz? Baker Mayfield.
1: Interesting. Do you disagree? Well, no, well, not necessarily. But Wentz, didn't he just go for a first-round pick? He did. So, and we're talking about Baker for a third? But the, the Wentz pick was a massive mistake. Okay. <laughs> well, there you have it. All right, we continue in 15 seconds. Boy, this is bad. Um, so, Hembo, was it you who sent me this? Um so this is a tweet I for, I apologize I don't know how to say his name. Jeffrey Chadia? Is that how you say his name? Um I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that, but he is um an NFL.com senior columnist and NFL Network on-air talent. And he is at Michigan's pro day. And he just posted a picture of edge rusher David O'Jabo lying on the ground in pain. And he tweets, edge rusher David Ojabo sustained injury in pass rush drill, went down clutching left leg, not sure if ankle or leg, but he had to be helped off the field. David Ojabo is um, a really good pass rusher. He's going to be a, well, he's going to be a first round pick this year, provided he's not seriously injured. Let me put it this way. As of this morning, he was definitively a first round pick. Some of the mocks that I was seeing at the beginning of this process had him in the top 10. Then as we went on, some of the mocks seemed to have him dropping already down to about twenty, but he is a, a super athletic, pure edge rusher from Michigan, who, you know, if you watched them play last year, there were the two bookend defensive ends, Aiden Hutchinson, who might be the first pick in the draft, certainly going to go top three or four, and, and then Ojabo. And but regardless of that, it would just be a terrible shame. Like it would it would break my heart for the kid. And for his family, if he got seriously hurt here and it affects his draft stock, that would just be awful. So that's something to keep an eye on.
2: Yeah, and in Todd McShay's latest mock draft, he has him going 16 overall to the Eagles. That's the pick they got from Indy. So that's sort of where he slatted right now. In the middle of the first round, that would obviously be a devastating blow this late in the process.
1: Yeah, again, I've seen it. Um, I've, I've seen him as high as nine, I think, in some of these mocks and as low as, as 16. I think I've even seen one that was a little later than that. So whatever. Um, the important piece of the news here is that we certainly hope that he's not seriously hurt. And if there's any further update on that, we will let you know. In the meantime, on a day filled with enormous news, there's no better way to cover it all than with Bubs. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make
3: a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll tell you, who you got?
1: All right, so who you got is, means a series of binary propositions where Bubba has put together a variety of hard-hitting, provocative questions, and I will have to answer them whether I am emotionally prepared to or not. Uh, Mr. Bubba, you take center stage. Go right
0: ahead. All right, who you got brought to you by Granger, and we'll start with a news that shocked everyone, the Devontae trade. So who wins more games this season, Packers or Raiders? Who you got?
1: See that is a fascinating question because I, what I don't have in front of me is who what uh, uh, what alternative divisions these teams play. Clearly, the Packers should win. They should go at worst four and two in their division. Let's even give them five wins in the division. The Raiders could be an excellent team and go one and five in the division. Right, their division is so hard. So. My inclination is to say Packers, even if I think the Raiders are a better team, but that's only six out of a 17-game schedule. So what, other, what, what else do they have in the, in the queue there?
2: The Packers get the NFC East, which you'd think is three wins, right? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, that, right.
1: That, that, that's a terrible division. Mm-hmm. And who, do the, who does the AFC West play? They play,
2: they play the NFC West uh, and the AFC South.
1: So the AFC South is not a very good division. The, the NFC West is a good right. division. I, I'm going to say the Packers. And, and, and it's, it's, it's why it's a good question, Bubba, because I believe the Raiders have an excellent chance to be a better football team than the Packers. If they played each other on a neutral site, I might pick Vegas. But I think the Packers will win more games.
2: If the Raiders were in the NFC North, would they win it? Oh, yes. Absolutely. They'd run away and hide. How many divisions in football <laughs> would they win? With the Raiders, the, four, the right now in Vegas, the number four team in the AFC West is Vegas. How many divisions in football well, would they, they win? Well, would,
1: they would win the AFC South. Okay. They would win the NFC North. Okay. Would they win the NFC East is the question. I think the answer is probably yes. Me too. Um, so that's at least three. Would they win the AFC North? And now we st- well, we start debating that. Are they better than Cincinnati? Are they better than Baltimore? Are they even better than Pittsburgh? I, I'm a Trubisky fan. L- let's even say... Let's even not give them those. Let's say that of the seven divisions in which they do not play, I think they'd be a lock to win (laughs) three of them.
0: (laughs) And they're last place in their own division. And they're last place in their own division. By a long shot.
1: But I make a prediction. I make a prediction, Bubs. They will not finish last. Uh Oh, here we go. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do not think they will finish last. Who will? Let's see what injuries happen and all that kind of stuff. I, I just I think they're going to be really good. Hmm. And I, I think McDaniels is a good coach and a smart guy, and he will learn from his first experience and everything else. I, 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 I like the fact already that he has gone anti-Bill. Like all the Bill assistants don't succeed because they all go someplace and try to be Bill. Bill has never traded a one and a two for anything in his entire life. So for McDaniels to be like, yes, I'm going for it right now and doing this and paying big money for a receiver, Belichick would never do that. I like at least that he's playing against type because the I mean, the unemployment line is littered with former Belichick assistants who didn't get anything done. So I like the Raiders. I do not think they'll finish last. All right, uh, Bubba, what is our next question?
0: All right, the other big story it could be coming today is Deshaun Watson, and it could be down to, sounds like two teams, Falcons or Saints. So which one's the better fit? For Deshaun Watson, who you got?
1: So that's such a complicated phrasing of the question because I think in the short term, you have a better chance winning in New Orleans. They have a better team. They have, um, at minimum, they have one superstar offensive player in Kamara. They might have two if Michael Thomas is ever going to be healthy again. And they have a really good defense. Atlanta, and we talked about this earlier, is more playing the long game. But he seems, you, you use the word fit, I think Deshaun Watson needs to go right now to a place that really wants to embrace him, that wants to help him get himself through what is going to be a difficult reacclimation. There's going to be a lot of fans who are going to be justifiably unhappy with him, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that the fit in Atlanta, let's put it this way. If the fit in Atlanta wasn't excellent, I don't know why it would even be on the table Mm. because in no other way does it make any sense They have a quarterback in place who's going to cost them $40 million in dead money. So I think the actual
0: fit, Bubba,
1: is better in Atlanta than anywhere else.
0: What's next? All right. Speaking of Atlanta, they currently have a quarterback. His name is Matt Ryan. If he were to leave Atlanta, where's the best fit for him? Who you got?
1: Well, I have long thought the best fit for him was San Francisco. So the obvious answer here is Indy because they need a quarterback and everyone thinks they're going to get one. And and that might be where he winds up. And I think it actually is the likeliest place for him to wind up. And I think that is a good fit. But Matt Ryan has had an excellent career. He has been a very good NFL quarterback for a long time. He's had one year that is an outlier, which is to say he had one year. He was the MVP of the league. He was the best quarterback in football one year. And that one year was when he was married to Kyle Shanahan as his offensive coordinator. They just obviously worked well together, and they had a 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl. They should, have been, they should have won the Super Bowl. So you look at all of the pieces that they have in place in San Francisco, and that coach, if somehow he found a way there, I think that would be the best fit for him. But since that doesn't seem to be... On the list of options, I'll say Indy. Does that sound right?
2: Indy's the right answer to me, and I think Cleveland also has a really, really good shot. That's a great roster. I think he, Kevin Stefanski runs a similar scheme with that, all that play action stuff. I think he would thrive there, too, but Indy's a little bit easier to see.
1: Okay, so those are our choices there. Bubba, what do you have next? You're listening <coughs> excuse me, to Greeny.
0: And who you got on ESPN Radio, Bubs? What do you got? All right, Tyrod Taylor, Torod Taylor, whatever you want to say his name is, he will be the Giants' quarterback in Week blank this season. Who you got? <coughs> Sorry, right, what's going on? I took
1: over a there? sip of water; it went down the wrong way. Wait a minute. What do you mean, whatever you want to say his name is? He has a name. He's well, a man I, with I, a name.
0: I don't know what is that. I, they, I keep hearing it. It's, it's Tarad, Tarad Taylor. But
2: no one calls him that. But, so. there, there, Bubba, not sorry to interrupt you, but there was also some breaking news I saw in one of our chats <laughs> that Mitch, uh, yeah, Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, I, I heard he wants to
0: go by Mitch, Mitch now. Mitch
2: Trubisky informed Ex- ESPN he's no longer Mitchell. Mitch. He's Mitch.
0: I feel like, did we even did he even say he wanted to be Mitchell, or are we just like presumptively saying, oh, it's Mitchell?
2: No, that, in the draft, he was like, I want to go by Mitchell. Okay. Now, He's he wants to, to go Mitch. by Mitch. Fresh start. Yes, he informed ESPN he wants to go by Mitch. <laughs> well, Fresh start. Like,
0: I feel like Tyrod said he wanted to go by Tyrod, but no one's buying it because everyone just says Tyrod. I'll call <laughs> him Tyrod if that's what he deal. wants to be. But no one, no one says that. If you watch every show, Sports Center for a lot, everyone just calls him Tyrod. <laughs>
1: The man wants to be known as Muhammad Ali. You should honor his wishes and call him Muhammad Ali. Um, I, I'm going to. Uh, what was the question? I'm sorry, what I've forgotten the from? question.
2: Is that who are you imitating? There, I don't know. You that, don't know what that's I, from. I, I, I've never heard that. Should I have what was heard that, of that? that? From
1: you've never heard that. What, what is it from? It's from an Eddie Murphy movie called Coming to America? I don't,
2: I've i seen Coming to America. No, obviously you haven't. I, I, would I remember that line? Yes. It's
0: like, the, it's, what, it's like basically the most quoted part of the movie. Uh, I mean, it's no the way, barbershop scene. There's no way you've seen the movie if you're not familiar with the barbershop is that scene.
2: A, is that a bad movie to not have seen? Yes. It is. Yes. I thought you were doing Howard Cosell badly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why would no. you just say you've seen the movie? I would never do. Really
1: Howard, daven. let oh. me make clear. I would never do Howard Kosell badly. I'd do it well. If I were doing Howard Cosell, I would say, if the man wants to be known as Muhammad Ali, I would call him, I would honor his wishes and call him Muhammad Ali. However... That's not the imitation I am doing. I'm doing Eddie Murphy in Coming to America, who says, If the man wants to be known as Muhammad Ali, you should honor his wishes and call him Muhammad Ali. That's Eddie Murphy doing his Gumby as the old Jewish man in the barbershop in Coming to America. All right, right, I'm, I'm done talking I'm to worst. him, C- Can I ask you a question, That's brother? True.
0: Well, that is true. That is a good statement. What was the question you asked me? <laughs> yeah, so Terod Taylor <laughs> will be the Giants quarterback in week blank this season. Fill in oh. the blank. Who you got?
1: You're asking me when is he going to replace Daniel Jones? Correct. Well, see, it's a complicated question because Daniel Jones, if there's one thing he has proven, is that he's always going to get hurt. So he, he's he been hurt every year. Am I wrong? I mean, no. why are you laughing at no, that? He's gotten hurt every year.
2: That's one. That's the one thing he has proven. If the
1: man is going to be hurt every year, you should honor his history <laughs> and point out that he's hurt every year. Um, that's my old Jewish man imitation. Um, I'm going to say not at all. I'm going to shock you, Bubba, because I know what you're leading to. I think Daniel Jones is going to play well. I think Daniel Jones finally has competent coaching, which he has not had and not heretofore had. I think that he has weapons that they have not heretofore taken advantage of. And I think if he stays healthy, and of course, with his history, that's a big if, I think he's going to have a good year. I think Daniel Jones is going to play pretty well. You're what?
0: saying a special teams coordinator wasn't good for him?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think Daniel Jones gets a bad rap, Greeny. I mean, this is a guy with... With 50 touchdowns and 49 turnovers, they've had a good balance. <laughs> good. The Giants we talk offensive. about a
1: good, a good balance, <laughs> the, the, do they mean run-pass ratio or do they mean touchdown-to-turnover ratio? I, I, is that all his fault or has he been incompetently coached? Yes. John Mara, of all people, the owner of the team, said, we couldn't have possibly done more to screw this kid up. And he's right. He's right. Mm-hmm. Now, is it irreparable? The answer to that, we don't know. But I think he's going to have a good year. I think he will not get beaten out by Terod Taylor. He might get hurt, but
2: I do not think. Why are you laughing? I just, I just can't believe we got from there to you to a coming to America quote that I like. It just that was that was a lot for one question. The point
3: of
1: it is you not knowing a famous scene from a movie has ceased to be news. Is that his only
2: big great movie, Murphy? Should I have, should I have seen other? <laughs> did you just ask if that was name Eddie a few other Eddie movie? Murphy movies
1: real quick? Wait, 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 wait. I'm begging you to tell me you're kidding. I'm not kidding. The burden isn't on us to name the movies. You're telling me that you could not name another movie that stars Eddie Murphy.
2: You could not. None ring a bell. If you say the name of a movie that he was. Beverly Hills Cop. Never seen it. Trading Places. Never seen it. 48 Hours.
1: Never heard of it. I, I'm, I'm done with you. I I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know what to do. What do we do? Dr. Doolittle, for crying out loud. Wasn't he in that? What's the one where he yeah, talks to I the animals? Yes, yeah. uh, you're, 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 I mean, this is a humiliation.
2: I read that Do book. you even
1: know who Eddie
2: Murphy is? Yes, he's an act, He's a professional actor. He's a comedian. He's a funny. He's a
3: professional actor. <laughs> he,
2: he's a professional actor. He's, he, he has a reputation of being funny but I don't know he has a reputation of being funny yeah I think he's a comedian but I I don't I can't picture his face and I've you can't, guess, you can't picture
3: Eddie Murphy's face? God.
2: And I, I guess I've never seen an Eddie Murphy movie. I mean, if if those are the famous ones... Well, let
1: me confirm for you that you've never yeah. seen an Eddie Murphy
2: movie. I would know. Well, he's only been in like 50 others. So we, this is like a famous, really famous person. Really, really,
1: really, really famous.
2: Like, I should, I should know more about him. I would say him. of
1: all the things, I think right now, Eddie Murphy in America is more famous than Mick Jagger, who you didn't know the other day.
2: I did not know now, that. Now, I
1: think historically, Mick Jagger is the more famous... Person, If only because he's been famous since the early 60s. But Eddie Murphy is as famous as you practically as famous as you can
2: be. Honestly, if both of those guys were here right now, I'm not sure I would be able to identify them in the, in, in the, in the office. I, I don't know that I've ever seen either of those people.
1: <laughs> and by those people, he means Eddie Murphy and Mick Jagger. All right. Give me one more question. Bro.
0: All right. Well, who you got brought to you by Granger? with supplies. such a headache and now. <laughs> it's awful. With supplies and solutions for every industry, Granger is always there to help. Call clickranger.com or just stop. By. I know what I need, Bubba. Yeah.
1: I need an emotional support peacock. <laughs> so Ian, who's our We need something stage manager today, pointed out to me we had the peacock conversation earlier that someone, was it a woman, tried to board an airplane with a peacock and suggested that it was her emotional support animal in the way sometimes people do with a dog.
0: It's not a bad idea. Was Eddie
1: Murphy in Shrek? I've seen Shrek. He's the voice. He of, was the, the, the voice, think, and uh, yeah, he was he was the voice of.
2: I, so I know what he sounds like.
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah. One more question. I thirty I, seconds. I, I go. Don't,
0: I don't think we have it. We, no, I don't, we don't have time. We, we we ruined it. You know, you we, ruined it. You ruined it. No, but I mean, Hambo ruined it.
2: Yeah, Bubba has one segment per week, and I totally sabotage you. Do ob- obliterate by it. not
0: yeah. knowing who Eddie Murphy is.
2: I don't. I honestly, I'm not kidding. I don't know who that man is.
0: I mean, I, I'm. I'm really not sure. I, you're. You're. You're not.
2: You're 100% being serious. I thought he was a designated hitter for the Orioles, but that was Eddie Murray.
1: <laughs> All right. And with that, we wish you a farewell.
0: We'll see you Monday, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.